Hello, I am Rami. And I'm Shannon. And this is Workplace Hugs. This is our podcast to really talk about the things that intrigue us um, that have to do with business or personal. It's it's things that we are intrigued by that we want to talk about. Shannon and I have pretty diverse backgrounds that kind of differ from each other. And so we enjoy our conversations around these topics and think that other people might too, really to expand your toolkit without a whole new degree. I have that written down, but I don't know why. It sounds nice. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> so before we get there, maybe we'll introduce ourselves. Shannon, you want to go first? Sure. I'm Shannon, and I am an executive coach based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I spent the first 10 years of my career working for four different Fortune 300s in a variety of industries, manufacturing, retail, consumer packaged goods in lots of different roles. You name it, I probably did it. A few years ago, though, I left that behind, favoring the flexibility found in entrepreneurship. And now I'm happily coaching, consulting, and contracting all the live long day. (laughs) What about you, Rami? I'm Rami. I'm based in Los Angeles. I also worked with Shannon at a humongous company. Uh, After that, during that, I got my MBA. Uh, I shifted to the startup world, working in really small CPG companies from medium to small, from small to medium as it grew that way. And then um, shifted into the tech world and really working in the business side of tech. Yeah. So that's me. I'm business. Business. Okay. So The way we normally do this is we first talk about the subject from about a 30,000 feet approach, kind of give a high level overview of what it is. Then we then get into the dirt, the level, the tactical and talk about real life examples, how we've kind of seen this or interacted with it. And then we like to bring it home and and give some takeaways on, on how to fix this thing. And so what we want to talk about this week is this article that everybody's reading on BuzzFeed, which is about the burnout generation. So Shannon, you want to kind of give us a quick overview of what that's about? Yeah, totally. So the, the article we read was how millennials became the burnout generation. The longest article oh, of all time. So, a, a so thesis. long, so long, so many parts to it. Uh, but a couple of the catchphrases to help you get a grounding in it. In the in this thesis, the <laughs> author talks about this feeling of the inbox of shame as a millennial, errand paralysis, things like post office anxiety, and really the bigger question of like, why can't millennials seem to get this basic stuff done? Why do we seem to struggle so hard with this concept called adulting? And she provides a hypothesis that it's because we are completely burned out. And she talks about a lot of the reasons why we might be burned out. But I think... Again, this article is so long that rather than focusing on all the reasons why we might be burned out as the millennial generation, today we're going to focus in on this concept that she talks about of like errand paralysis. Yeah, and I think errand paralysis is interesting. It's this never-ending to-do list. It's that every week you look at your to-do list and it has things like go to the post office and you just leave that one on, go to the next week and carry these minor things over. And because of that, one, you also you, you take on a lot of stress because you're carrying these tasks over. But then the other point is that you're too burnt out to do those tasks. Yeah. One of the things as I was reading other articles about this that came up, which I think is kind of interesting, and we can kind of tie into Aaron Paralysis, is this Maslash uh, burnout inventory, which identifies six main causes of burnout that arise within organizations. So mm. not necessarily human beings, 
but organizations. And I think there's a bit of that that kind of plays into the personal burnout. So Shannon, I'm going to read these off. I don't know that there's much to disagree about here because they're pretty basic, terrible things. Yes. (laughs) But maybe if there's one or two you want to hone in on, we can kind of discuss a little bit more. So the six main causes of burnout are too much work, lack of control. Mm, That's interesting. Too little reward, unfairness, conflicting values, and then finally the breakdown of community. Wow. Those are some heavy hitters. Right? This is just really making me feel happy and cheery inside. <laughs> right? Doesn't it just like make you feel uplifted? Totally. Good to know and be aware of and helping me reflect on different periods of burnout for sure. Right. And I think that's where it's like, if you think back on times of burnout, it's like, yep, I remember when I had too much work and that hurt or there was like no reward or something was unfair. I think the unfair one is really striking a chord with me it's Mm. that you're doing something but you see someone else doing less of something or or not nothing and you feel the the treatment is different i think that can be really tough and that causes burnout whether or not you truly have burnout but i think it can force you to feel burnout Hmm. and the one that was interesting for me was lack of control because i guess my theory in life as i age is control is an illusion so it's yeah, interesting you've to me smart that a, to that. Well, I guess. So maybe we need to talk about that. Control is an illusion, folks. Listening in here today, let me tell you, it's an illusion. So don't let yourself get burned out by this theory that life should be controlled. It's just not going to work that way. Does that spiral into the, the, the void of if I can't control anything, why control anything? Hmm. Perhaps... I think this goes back to our podcast last week about grit a little bit for me and thinking about resiliency and just, yeah, I don't know. Do your best, but don't let it get you down. Don't be so consumed by controlling. Like, think about, I'm thinking about the women in my life who are trying to control their eating, their exercise, their career plan, their family planning. And life just doesn't always go that way. I mean, I agree. I think Now I'm getting cynical. (laughs) But I think the... I think the lack of control can definitely lead to burnout. I think if we continue to talk about it, we'll fall down a hole. I think we both agree that a lack of control and a feeling that you have all the control are both bad on both sides. Mm -hmm. But I think mostly what I was getting at with the six is I think they're all fair. I think whether you feel them in your life, Mm -hmm. in your work, however it is, it leads to burnout. But I think the one to me that is the most interesting and the one that kind of stuck with me the most, because I think this like zero inbox thing mm. is is not a fair thing. And I think I, I didn't read enough additional articles of people saying that they thought that that was a pile of garbage. But I mean, how do you feel about zero inbox? Is that a thing? It's a thing. I mean, I feel pretty satisfied when I get to zero inbox personally. I think where this shows up, that same concept shows up in my life. <laughs> is laundry like laundry just never ends no matter what you do they will never make a self i mean maybe they will make someone should make a self-washing shirt i would love that i would buy it and pay a lot of money for it because it's just a never-ending cycle and so in that Mm -hmm. sense i understand where getting your inbox to zero is a never-ending cycle like it's congratulations the second you get there there's gonna be one that pops in it's just the reality of the situation Well, it's all point in time, too. I think zero inbox works if you're thinking about, okay, I'm going on vacation. Yes. I'm going to clear my inbox. I'm not going to leave anything in there. But the hard part for me when you work in an organization and you're not the only person is 
I sometimes keep emails that remind me that, hey, I emailed this person and now yes. I'm waiting for the response. And so as it falls lower in my inbox and every once in a while when I scroll all the way through my inbox, I see, oh, they never followed up with me. Cool. This is the time to follow up with them. Where if I yeah. clear that from my inbox, I don't have a way to hold anybody else accountable when I need things. Yep. I've leveraged that tactic too. So maybe let's talk about Aaron paralysis because I think it's so fascinating. So the idea yeah. is I've got minor things on my list. I don't know. Uh, organize my taxes document and go to the post office and do these things that I can do very easily. But now I'm overwhelmed and will not do them. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about times where we feel like this has come up in our lives? Oh, for sure. I can go first. I've got one right on the top of my head. My wife and I have a list sitting over like 20 feet from where I'm sitting of things that we want to do for our apartment that we moved into a few months ago. And I don't want to do any of them ever. And that's because? Laziness. Burnout? Burnout. (laughs) Are you burnt out? I don't know. I just don't want to do them. Yeah. You have Aaron paralysis with the new apartment. But I don't know that I would say that's driven by burnout. That might get a little bit too meta for, for this conversation. We'll assume that it is, or or maybe if you can think of a different time where you do think Aaron paralysis was related to burnout in the workplace. There's a list of things that I keep at my desk of things that I need to do that I carry from week to week. And I'll get to the end of the week and I'll have time to do them and I just won't do them yes. because I just don't want to. Like, I just can't even, I think is the, the phrase. Yes, yes. I keep a virtual post-it note on my screen, on my personal laptop and on my work laptop. And it never ends, right? That's the joke. Mm -hmm. So like even yesterday, I can think, you know, it's 4.30, getting towards the end of my work day. And I see that there's two more things that I could do. But this is where maybe my mindset has shifted from where I was working in a corporate environment. I had this thought of like, oh, I just kind of want to crank it out and like get them done so I can have my to-do list be that much smaller. But then Mm -hmm. I had the presence of mind to pause and think, but then what would I do tomorrow? <laughs> like, when hold on, you get... Hold on, hold on. Yeah. You're saying that you didn't want to finish your list because you didn't want to not have something to do? Well, because then I'm going to get to tomorrow. And it's like, here's the vicious cycle of it, right? I mean, I want to talk about the Enneagram right now, but I won't. But I'm, a, I'm an Enneagram 3, which means I'm an achiever. So for me, I will always find more to do, right? Yeah. So if I get to the bottom of the to-do list, what I've learned about myself is sometimes that's a bad thing for me, actually. Because then I will find it's like, oh, shit, then I got to level up. How am I going to find the next thing to do that really that a- maybe even doesn't need to be done? So... That's so interesting because I would think, and I'm not like that in any way, but I would think that by knocking those things out, if you built that new list and then you took a step back and said, are these things I actually need to do? You may just like cross things off the list and actually do some of those like next level things that you want to be doing. Yeah, perhaps. But that's where even yesterday, like I I got to the point where there was only... Um, I'm on a contract right now. And I got to the point, maybe it was because it was work for my contract and not work for myself. Like if it was coaching work, oh, believe me, I would have loved to make that further list. But the Mm -hmm. fact that it was like, "Eh, no, there's finite hours here. Do I really need to get to that next level? No, I only need to get this far. Otherwise, how am I going to spend my time the next day? Mm -hmm. That's fair. I think that makes sense because you also want to give yourself something to do within your workplace. Yes. And again, knowing my own personal tendencies, 
I will find things to do that really, again, don't need to be done. I am a very efficient person, so I can like crank through it and then I'm going to get to the end and then like invent something to do that's just going to create workload for people, other people and myself that like, in all reality, it doesn't need to be done. It just doesn't. I think it takes a lot of maturity to know what doesn't doesn't need to be done early on in my career, I would have said, Oh, I need to do all these things just to do these things. And I think as you continue to work and you mature, you start to look at things where you see like minor opportunities and you go, well, no, the, the work amount of effort in the ROI on that is not worth going through this. Mm-hmm. It's not worth adding this task to my list. But, but I don't know that that's something you know, right away. Oh, I would agree. I'm, I'm 32. And I just figured it out. <laughs> like, that would not have been my behavior at the company that we both worked for <laughs> for sure do you think, not do you think with Aaron paralysis which is kind of where we're anchoring ourselves here yes do you think a lot of the things that cause Aaron paralysis the things that carry week to week to week are those things that just don't need to be done I, it's funny you say that I just had that thought of wondering like how much of those things are the things that like really it doesn't have to be done today in this moment it doesn't. Like the one about the post office, like if that kid wasn't going to mail something, he's never going to mail it. Just like take it off your list and feel bad about it once taking it off yeah. your list and then just like burn whatever it was that you were going to mail as long as it isn't like your social security card and like go on your way. Yes. Yes. I can think of things though right now that I'm like, where do I have Aaron paralysis right now? I have an athleta return from November that I don't think I've done yet. And I have gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, are they going to take this back? Why am I in that place? I guess because it doesn't really need to be done. Would it be the end of the world if I kept those workout pants? No. Babies wouldn't die in that world. I mean, that's fair. I think that's exactly what it is, though, is like the cost benefit structure of one, is it still going to happen? Or is there like a date that you need to put for yourself? Like, would that change it? Do you think like if you said I need to mail this by X date, or I'm not going to get it. And at that point, it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you say that because I was thinking about my email, my personal email, I subscribe to a lot of different mail lists, different uh, bloggers, authors, whatever that are writing interesting things to me. And I will make the choice the second I see it in my inbox of like, do I actually have time to read this within this next week? If I don't, I'm deleting it because otherwise Mm -hmm. I'm just going to feel this pressure, this errand paralysis, I guess, with my inbox building of like, oh, I have to read all of these things. Like on Thursdays, I tend to get a lot of them. And I thought, no, I don't have time to read any of these. I need to be reading How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation, (laughs) (laughs) which is going to take a long time because it was so long. Oh, Aaron paralysis. Well, and I think the interesting two thing too with Aaron paralysis is I really break it into like work and personal and we kind of touched mm-hmm. on both, but I think they're very, very different. Like I think about when, and this is something you went through as well, is like when I wasn't working, Yes. like had no job, you build your list and you go, I'm not doing anything. I should be able to knock this list out, right? Yes. Like just knock out the list and then move on my way. Yes. And there were days where it was like, okay, every day I want to like get down to the gym because I'm not doing anything else. Like I should be able to go to the gym yes. every day, like whether I'm getting on the elliptical or whether I'm walking, like I should, I should be able to get to the gym every day. Yes. And it's, it's, I think for me, it was really difficult because you say I should be able to do that every day. And then you realize, no, you should not be able to do those things every single day. Like you cannot make a 
like full meal every single day and you cannot go to the gym every single day even if you're not doing anything like it's very hard to will yourself to do those things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and if i reflect on my own experience again similar to yours after i quit my last corporate job that was probably when I experienced air and paralysis the most. I had the most time to get things done. And similar to the story you're expressing, I just couldn't get it done. And for me, I wonder how much of this, uh, I'm going to go there, is tied to mental health. When people think, aren't properly um, tuning into their own mental health. I agree. I think especially when you have more time, I think that's when it becomes more daunting. And I think that's when it becomes more terrifying. I think about when my wife and I were in, uh, we're getting in, we're in grad school and we got our MBAs together. But in that time frame, we found time to work, to study, to do our homework. And somehow we ate and the house didn't burn down. Yes. It flooded once, but it didn't burn down. And I think that's the key part. After we graduated... (laughs) We found that it was so much harder to do all of our laundry and cleaning and and eating and all of those things when we had so much more time to accomplish them. Yeah, yeah, yes. And so I find that it's so interesting when you have more time that it's more difficult to accomplish those things because you have time to think about not doing those things. Mm -hmm. I go back to a phrase a coach friend uses a lot. It's the law of momentum, right? An object in motion stays in motion. So when I lost my motion, if you will, not lost, when I chose to (laughs) part from my motion and slow down, it did make it a lot harder for me to get things done. And now over the last, whatever, six months, as I've, you know, been ramping back up again, I'm able to get so much more done in a day than I could have ever done when I was at the peak of my burnout. Is that fascinating? Yeah. And I think that too is, is the difficult part with having that to-do list that continues to get bigger. And I think the other thing when you have more time is you make a humongous list. Yes. yes. Which is just dumb. Cause I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to find time to do like these 12 hobbies. And by the time you look at all your hobbies and you go, uh, this is really stressful. Like, how am I supposed to do all these things? Like, you yes. definitely, one, burn yourself out by just looking at your list and then definitely have errand paralysis because you're like, oh, but I want to do all those things, but how am I supposed to do them? Like, I'm trying to overwhelm myself. Yes, yes. Uh, my husband is really good for me in this sense because I'll make a list on Fridays of like, here's all the stuff. I used to do this. I don't do it anymore. Here's all the stuff that we need to try to get done this weekend. And then, like, he'd draw a line at it. Like, this is the actual limit of the amount of time that we have and what we actually need to get done. Now I'm getting a little bit into the like solutions phase. It's getting no, I think, we're, I think we're there. I think we're in the solutions phase. I think what I was going to say is the thing that my wife does a good job of is like gamifying our list mm. in that like, all right, we have these seven things or whatever it is. Let's try and do like two or three of them. And like, we're going to do them in this time frame. And yep. like, so we're going to lock down for whatever it is, 45 minutes, an hour and a half, two hours, we're going to do this. And then this is how we're going to reward ourselves by getting through like chunks of our list. Yes. And I'm thinking through when we were in that space of like making that incredibly long to-do list, it goes back to just generic career advice that I give so many people. But I really think there's only three keys to being successful in your first job. And it's super simple. Stay organized. Organized. Ruthlessly prioritize. Prioritize. Proactively communicate. That's it. 
If you just do those things, you'll be pretty successful at adulting. So if I think about the Aaron paralysis, and I guess we do still do this in certain times of year or whatever, when we get into really busy time, I'll make the huge list of like, we're going to go to the gym twice. We're going to get groceries. We're going to cook four meals. We're going to take, <laughs> we're going to take big girl tea swimming. We're going to do da, 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 da. And then I actually force myself to like force rank what mm-hmm. actually is most important that needs to get done. Which leads, yes, which leads to an interesting article. Like, for sure, you need to first know what are all the things that you have to do. Like, right now, i got to pick up a prescription for our foster daughter. I have to listen to our podcast recording still. Maybe that's where I've been <laughs> airing paralysis. <laughs> and one of the articles that I read that gave tips on how to overcome it, the first thing was learn to distinguish between urgency and importance. So, oh. like, bigger theme around just being able to prioritize. Like, what's actually urgent versus important, and where do you need to spend your time accordingly? I like that. I think, um, so, let's give some advice here. I think when you're looking at your list, and you've got this humongous list of things that you don't want to do, I think there are certain things that you need to put a deadline next to, That's right? Smart. It's it's If I'm going to return, or I'm going to submit, or I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to put a date that I know that I will get it done within, or it just doesn't matter. Like if I don't submit my my election, like if I don't register for the election by this date, then I don't register for the election because after that, it doesn't matter. So yes. I think put dates next to things and you can decide whether it's worth the $60 to go and return that thing by the second week of the next month or not, right? I, I don't think anyone can tell you whether or not it's worth doing but at least you know that as you get closer to that date either you do it or you don't and once you don't take it off the list like it's done you've made the decision that you'd rather keep it or donate it or give it to someone or you just don't want to vote or delete that email in the case of a virtual inbox like if you know you're just not going to have time to read that nice to have read article delete it just delete Delete it. it take the pressure off your back that made me think of a strategy that i used to give uh my direct reports regarding their to-do list of like what is need to have versus nice to have and i would encourage them to keep what i call the botnb back of the notebook list of Mm -hmm. like wow these would be such cool great projects to work on someday when i have time but i'm not going to overwhelm myself by adding them to my actual real to-do list in this moment so I keep that for myself personally and professionally, even still to this day, like this running list of ideas, like, oh, it'd be so cool if I could get there, or do that someday. And then like over the holidays, I had a little bit of free time. I could go to my house back of the notebook list and look at like, oh yeah, I really wanted to like organize that junk drawer or whatever. I don't have to be overwhelmed with it on my actual to-do list every day. They are truly optional things, uh, but I am keeping record of them. So if I ever do have free time, I can spend it. So I think what you're saying is making sure you kind of differentiate between nice to haves and need to haves on your list. Yes. And also culling your list, I think, to make sure that what's on there makes sense and is reasonable. Uh, Sorry, before I get to reasonable, I think is is a need to have versus a nice to have because I think we're all adding things that are really nice to haves but aren't need to haves. And so the, the next thing I would say is also think about like realistic expectations. I think when I wasn't working and I said, okay, cool, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Like that was not a realistic goal. Physically, I could do that. Mentally, I could not do that. Mm -hmm. So I think saying, okay, I'm going to try to go to the gym three times a week, like something that should be much more achievable. And then if you exceed that, great, awesome, well done. But at least you can knock off that one thing on your list if it's more reasonable and you feel like you can actually do it. Yes. 
the next one that's coming to mind for me, and this is again, maybe too basic, but take a mental health day. I would tell my employees, like when I could tell that they were reaching a stage of burnout and getting just like overwhelmed and daunted by the things that they needed to do in their personal life that they didn't have time for because they were devoting so much to their professional life. I would actually say to them, do you need to take a mental health day? Take a mental health day. Like those are also sick days. And I can remember times where an employee would do the corporate style of call in sick and you know they're not sick. Mm-hmm. But I never, ever would dream of like shaming that person or even bringing it up. Because to me, that was a huge red flag that this person is at burnout. And kudos to them for calling in sick and taking a mental health day. I wish people could get more comfortable seeing what it is. Saying, like, I just need a mental health day to just breathe and think about some stuff that I need to get done in my personal life. No, for sure. I think it's one of those things, too, that I'm a big... I push people to take those a lot because at least in my last two roles, we've had unlimited time off. And so when I see someone who I know is getting burnt out and I've seen them being burnt out for weeks on end, it's like, hey, maybe you take Friday off, you're sick, take a mental health day and like go do the things that are going to like give you energy and make you happy. Yes. Because like it's not you're already working more than the rest of us you you like you have earned yourself like a day off yes can you think of those times though robbie like with your past employees where it just kills me that people feel like they have to lie about it or mm-hmm. can't just say hey i just need a day i'm gonna well, take I a think- day but then they're like oh i had a stomach bug any sign a stomach bug or migraine those are two things that i was just like okay let's call it what it is you need a mental health day But I think, too, it's like shame on us as leaders to not force them to do that. Yes. So maybe that's another tactic for any managers, leaders listening in. Talk about mental health days with your team. They're okay. They're acceptable. It doesn't have to be a sheet secret. Well, and I think, too, like, if you can find a way, and now that I think about this, like, to be more open about it, it's there's a lot of stigma there. And maybe we're getting into something that we don't need to get into right now. Because yeah. I think breaking the stigma around that is really hard, too. I, I, I think if I was comfortable talking to my team about that, I think I would still say, like, oh, they're not feeling well today. Like, I don't think I would be so bold as to say that because I would get nervous that it would get taken advantage of. Hmm. But we're getting away from ourselves. So (laughs) I think Aaron Paralysis, really think about, is it a nice to have? Is it a need to have? Think about, is it a reasonable ask? Think about setting dates for things when they're time sensitive. And even if they're not time sensitive, set a date for them or make them reasonable. Because if it's just these gargantuan tasks, you're never going to do them. So either break them down, make them reasonable, do whatever it is. And then the one that I really like is the the gamify. So try and like gamify it and it it works out well by yourself it works better with other people but even by yourself like task yourself to see how much of your to-do list maybe you can get done in in a small period of time knowing that there's a reward later on that evening maybe you're going to hang out with friends so it's like okay let's see if i can clean my apartment before i go to do that thing yes the mental load of carrying those things is i think more energy than actually just getting them done 100 percent, i agree okay shannon what are we talking about next week next week we're going to talk about a book that i read called thanks for the feedback and i can't wait i don't want to share more than that at this point all right well thanks for a very little introduction (laughs) to this feedback book but i'm excited so with that uh i've been rami i've been shannon and this is workplace hugs thanks for listening